the long-awaited episode of Why Too Spoopy. Spoopy! One month later. <laughs> I'm Dr. Benny Graves, and I am not the babysitter. And with me, my partner in satanic royalty, a person who definitely tastes roofy on the pizza, the razor blade in my candy apple, the guts in my jack-o'-lantern, Hammy Swammy. Brecky Sammy. So, we're a little late. Huh? <laughs> a little late. <laughs> We were very ambitious, and I think when we came back from Canada, which I talked about on Say You Love Satan, we were like, we'll record the next weekend, but our bodies were Said broken. No. <laughs> well, I mean, we did take, what, it was like seven hours? Time gets away from you, man. Yeah. We, I mean, uh, it, was, it was a great trip. It was a great October. We were busy as hell. Well, yeah, that's the thing. We had a very busy October. We went to Cantata. We did. To... I talked about it a little bit. We went to Frightmare oh, in the yes, Falls. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stayed with our friend Yasmina, who you may know from the Rewind Zone and mm-hmm. from Blue Morgue. Oh, your coworker. My coworker. Oh, oh. I'm a boy food guy. <laughs> yeah, you uh, got our writing gig with Rue Morgue since we last spoke. I am. I'm going to be doing a bi-weekly column called uh, The Analog Abattoir, and uh, I'll be covering all types of stuff. What's an abattoir? It's a, a Is it butcher. like an armoire? It's, it's not an armoire, honey. <laughs> It isn't. Um, but uh, I'm really excited about that. And then we just did a, we did a ton of stuff. We had 24-hour horathon, which was wild. Yep. Jesse and Steph talked about the movies in that. We went to Frightmare in the Falls. We went to a showing of Hack-A-Lantern. Yes. And then we drove back on Halloween Day itself. Yes. And gave out candy. We did. We gave out the candy for the children. The children's. Um, uh, you forgot to mention that we got to meet Bam Margera. <laughs> Yes, a thes- master thespian and overall aristocrat. Bam he has Margera. very cute dogs. That's the nice thing I can say. He does have very nice dogs. We also met Nick Castle. We told him how much we loved Halloween ends. And he was like, I guess I'll call David Gordon Green and be like, I found the only two people in the world that liked this movie. And he said, shame on you, Nick Castle. Shame on you. I think he liked it. I think he had fun. He had fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great time overall, had by everybody. Uh, and now it is mid-November. Yeah, it late is. November. It's very close to Thanksgiving, and you'll probably get this episode after Thanksgiving, right? We'll see. Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, but we are talking about, about a movie. The House 
of the devil. That's right. The House of by the Devil. By Mr. Ty West. Directed by Ty West from the year 2009. Our Lord and Savior, 2009. Should be important. Uh, released before Stranger Things. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Because mm-hmm. Stranger Things is, what, 2015-ish kind of time? Yeah, but what I'm saying is as a as a throwback, oh, as yeah, something yeah, that's yeah. supposed to be set in the past. This is before we like abused the hell out of like making everything a throwback. Yeah, this is before a character in a movie was like, look, a Rubik's Cube. And you're like, wow. see, it's set in the 80s. Wow. Um, this year in horror, in 2009, we have the Friday the 13th remake. Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloween Goo. Jennifer's body, which I understand is making a resurgence, but is not for us. It's not. The Orphan. The Orphan. The Orphan is street legal. Uh, I've never seen The Orphan. She turns out to be like an old Isn't she like Eastern European? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Last House on the Left remake, (gasps) which I liked. I did see. Less unpleasant to watch than the original. What? Uh, The Human Centipede. I've never seen it. Yeah, you're fine. I think I'm fine. And The Collector, which I never saw, and people speak very highly of that movie. I think I've seen that. He has like a pretty stylized mask. I don't know. Um, Let's talk about the cast. The cast. It's kind of a stacked cast. So uh, as our main girl, Samantha, is Jocelyn Donahue. Yes. She was in Doctor Sleep as Lucy Stone. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Sorry, everyone. She was in The Affair. Wait, who is she in Doctor Sleep? Uh, Lucy Stone. I don't know who that is. I thought she was supposed to be Andy's mom. She's Mrs. Torrance. Oh, well, they call her Lucy Stone. Did oh. she change her name in the movie? Is that like a part of it? I don't no. remember that movie that well. Maybe not. Oh, well, IMDb could be wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just reading. <laughs> she was in the affair as Anna. Uh, Insidious <laughs> is young Lorraine uh, and some other crap. I saw her once in this movie with the guy from Bring It On, Jesse, whatever his face is. Sure. And I think she had like sleep paralysis and it was the worst movie ever. Oh, you were watching that. It looked like shit. It was horrific. I can't remember what it was called. but it, I, it looks like a product of the early 2000s. It was really bad. But next up as Mr. Ullman, we have Tom Noonan. The king. The king. Uh, he was in RoboCop 2. He was in Manhunter, 12 oh, Monkeys. I love Manhunter. Uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Everybody knows who Tom Noonan is. And he is fucking terrifying in he's this movie. Amazing. When he opens the door, we'll get to it. But like, he's fucking creepy. As Mrs. Ullman is Ari- uh, Mary Warnov. Hot. Who we know from Eating Raul, uh, Night of the Comet, Death Race 2000, Rock and Roll High School, Frankenstein's Monster, Frankenstein? She was in that. Frankenstein's Monster's Monster, Frankenstein? Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And some other stuff, but... She's also in Chopping Mall. Because I think both of them from Eating Raul are in that scene. Mm -hmm. Uh, As not the babysitter, as Megan, we have Greta Gerwig. Who's that? uh, I don't know. She must have directed something recently. Mm -hmm. It probably wasn't very feminist. Uh, as Victor Ullman, we have A.J. Bowen, who yeah. was also in The Signal, You're Next, The Sacrament, Edge of Insanity, Night Sky, The Old Ways. Um, oh, he's in that movie, Satanic Panic. I don't remember. He's that. a Ty West regular. He is a Ty West regular. And he went to high school with uh, Mike. Remember I showed you his yearbook photo that Mike sent me? 
Oh yeah, yeah. So apparently, my he was friend a- Mike Carl's cool who released Cade Beach. On, oh yeah, he um, wrote Cade Beach. Hell Fidelity. Check that out. It's a great story. They went to high school together as the landlady. We have Dee Wallace. Uh, brief cameo. She's a little brief cameo. We know her from The Howling. She has looked e. like a mom. Critters, Cujo. All her life. Her, her whole life. She seems very sweet, though. I was uh, on Instagram the other day, and I guess her son or whatever has uh, an Instagram, and they all dressed up as her on Halloween, like different like oh. versions of her. It was very cute. As her roommate is Heather Robb, but that we don't even see that girl's face because she's just eating butt the whole time. Uh, she's in a bunch of crap. Nobody cares about her. Don't worry about it. Uh, and then there's really nobody else in this um, movie. It's there's a small like, cast. Very small. It's a very small cast. Uh, it's a yeah. good effect. So I'm like scrolling through. Yeah, there's like people, but not like... People, but not people. They're not famous. Well... Uh, we have the trivia. So this was shot on 16 millimeter, which is how was you it? get that beautiful grain. Um, and he, Ty West specifically used zooms in this instead of dolly work, ah. because that was a thing that was done back then. You did a zoom rather than a dolly. And that oh. creates that sort of, um, that, the, the way you shoot it in an old way creates an effect that makes it seem like it was shot back then. I mean, when you first showed me this movie, I actually thought it was like it an actual 80s movie. Yeah. It has the warning at the beginning about satanic panic stuff. It has the opening credits. Opening credits aren't really a thing unless yeah. you're watching like a famous director. I really like the opening credits of this. I think it's really pretty. It has the closing credits over the stills. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of amazing stuff here. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get into. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen this, you should actually watch it before yeah, you listen to this. Please, stop everything you're doing. It's actually a very good movie, yeah. I, I stand by this film. And what a strong outing for him, I believe, is his first movie. It is his first movie, isn't it? I think so. Soundtrack. Soundtrack. Okay, so there's not like a ton. Uh, the main song, obviously, is The Fixes. One Thing Leads to Another, which that song is a fucking bop. Every time they play that in the supermarket, I think of I always House think of, of it, yeah. Whenever I would be like thrift store shopping and stuff like that, they'd always play it and i'd be like eh, and i hope nobody tries to kill me uh there's <laughs> other songs the breakup song they don't write them by the greg kin band prometheus unbound performed by gods of fire i don't know there's a bunch of crap but it's really the fixes is the only unadulterated crap uh it's mostly just the fixes uh one thing leads to another everything else is just kind of like soundtrack work so it's a good soundtrack too it is really it's got good, like yeah. a lot of violins and it very much is appropriate to what yes. we're doing here. But it's nothing like like big name songs and stuff like that. So, oh, not so. Not so. First, okay. do you like Pitch Perfect ghost story intros? Uh, yes. Do you like horrifying depictions of clowns? Yes. Do you like undisguised Canadian accents? Yes. Then, you must love Are You Afraid, Afraid of the, the dark? dark? Right. Oh my God, I forgot we are doing this. <laughs> God damn it, woman. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. So... Are You Afraid of the Dark was a TV show from Are You Are You That played on Nickelodeon. Yes. It was the best show in the entire it world. It was a Canadian produced. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's all shot in like Canada. Show full of Canadians. Full of Canadians. Like Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, eh? Um, there is. Lots of pylons. Lots of pylons out there. That's what we discovered when we were in Canada. They call traffic cones pylons. What the hell? Mind the pylons. Do you know it's spelled P I, not P Y? Doesn't that seem weird? That does seem weird. It's, uh, also, know. them calling it pylons make them seem like like StarCraft people. Like, Do you know when I, more pylons, when I was at eh? the Starbucks the next day, I finally saw bagged milk. They have like the pictures with like the bagged milk in it, and it like brought me great joy. So thank you, Canada. Thanks, Canada. 
Um, the thing about this show was it was a group of youths Jutes. who were called the Midnight Society, yes. right? And they all had kind of like their Burger King Kids Club characteristics. Yeah. Some were talkers and some were, you know, kind of bullies and some were nerds. Uh, but there was, I think, two older kids that kind of ran the show. Yeah. Uh, I forget. Oh, my God. Why? Yeah, you did no Tucker? research on this. I did no research on this. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, whatever. I do know that the little guy, the one main dude's the little brother ended up being in Mean Girls. Wonderful. So, uh, that's what I got for There's you. some throw-ins to like, throwbacks rather, to classic horror stuff. Like they say submitted for the approval uh, is like a Twilight Zone yeah. reference, right? Um, that bag of sand that makes the fire all cool. Do you know you can buy packets to like throw into fires to like it. make it color? I know, but like I don't know if the people know this, and it like really brought me great joy. Um, and so what I like about this show is that there is a sincerity mm-hmm. and genuinely like good moralism in these. Yes. Um, I think that this show is is and was probably a huge gateway show for a lot of oh, people. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because this is like Tales from the Crypt Jr., mm-hmm. essentially. There were some really dark episodes, like the pinball one, where the kid gets stuck in the pinball machine, like the I'm Cold one. Like, there's some pretty fucked up one. Oh my god, the prom one? That one's really fucking sad, too, dude. So I wanted to talk about one of my favorite episodes. Your favorite episode. Which is the Tale of the Ghastly Grinner. Woo! And the Tale of the Ghastly Grinner, I remember distinctly watching one afternoon after school. And I was not prepared. No. Peanut was scared. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, by the way, since we're doing like seasonally appropriate things, and since our local coffee shop still has pumpkin cream, yeah. I'm drinking my last pumpkin cream cold brew. For the season. Because they really, it really builds up the mucus in yeah. the back of my throat. So I'm already kind of congested, so I don't think I need any more that mucus That adds build to up. the effect of like the pumpkin head jizz, you know? Yeah, you love your, like, what did you call it? The pumpkin cum? When you ordered it? I- Pumpkin Gack. Pumpkin Gack, yes. Yeah. Because you're a really cool guy. So the Tale of the Ghastly Grinner rules, all right? Yes. We meet Ethan Wood. Yes. And he's an aspiring but often rejected comic book artist. Yes. And it's so fucking funny because he goes and visits his local comic shop and there's so much Marvel and DC shit that you Yo! would never Well, that's be able like the really now. funny thing watching older shows. You realize how much marketing they just let in shit, you know what I mean? And now they'd be like, no, 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 no. You can't have this. Pay us $20 million to use like one inch of like a Spider-Man comic in like a corner frame. Yep. So there he meets this cute punk metal <gasps> oh, chick. Oh man, I who love. Who has a kid probably imprinted on my brain on some yeah. level. Um, and she looks at his portfolio and she pretty much ta- tells him that there was a famous artist named Sylvester Uncas. Sylvester Uncas. And he drew the, this uh, anti-hero, this villain, yeah. actually not an anti-hero. Unlike the Punisher, who loves cops. Clearly. Yeah, well, the Punisher, he's uh, really into him. Uh, and he drew the ghastly grinner, and then he disappeared. Right? Yes. And but how did he disappear? We don't know. And essentially, there's a whole science class that they're doing on microwaves. Yeah, this I, I don't know what this part, but I I, I enjoy it. And so, we meet a nerdy girl n- named uh, Miss Piccolero. Yeah. Oh, Cooper Piccolero. That's right. Cooper Piccolero. And she has no sense of humor. No, I think she's autistic. She's kind of like a proto-Daria. I think she's just autistic. Uh, And then (laughs) pretty much the teacher confiscates the comic and throws it into the aquarium. Yep. So then he meets his 
he, we meet his parents. We meet um. Ethan's they look like parents. they support uh, Trump. They, oh, where were you all? Boy. Oh, I guess they're fuck Trudeau people since they're Canadian, right? Oh, they're fuck Trudeau. They're people. like cargo. What they're, are they? The cargo people. Uh, yeah, yeah. The caravan. The caravan. That's what the it truckers was, yeah, caravan yeah. people. Um, and they're like weird junk food addicts. They're like obsessed with and junk food, but they're wearing like tracksuits. Those tracksuits are like pretty nice. Though. Even before. They become, spoiler alert, like ghastly grinner zombies. They're pretty gross. They're pretty creepy looking. And they have like all those plugs plugged in. Yeah. Remember that as a kid like freaked me out. I was so like, they have a surge, like a, not a surge protector, like an off brand one. Yeah. And it's jammed full of plugs. And I remember as a kid, that was the thing they constantly told you about. They were like, don't put in too many plugs. You'll burn well, that the fucking like, house. You didn't really have power strips as a kid. Like some people did like in their garages, like for like working and stuff like that. But in your house, people just like would connect and connect and connect. And it was like a mirror that we all didn't burn our houses down so it is a miracle the 90s smoking well, in bed yeah it's fine and your baby needs tar for its strong bones to hold its bones together um so ethan nukes the comic to warm it up which is not how that works no but everything shorts out because all those fucking plugs dude yeah um yeah dr ben what's the science behind microwaving a comic is, is that gonna work is it like when you need to dry your dog in the microwave I'll refer you to the Juggalos for exploring <laughs> science as we speak. Uh, Hooper, and we meet Hooper Piccolero. Hooper Piccolero. calls him, and she's pretty much like, I like that you called out the teacher. She's secretly, I just told you, she's going to become Daria. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's an explosion because too many plugs are plugged in, and we see the ghastly grinner silhouette through the door yep. of the kitchen. It's because so he's out. He's cool, out of the comic. because somehow microwaves make comics come to life who cares the parents have been pretty much turned into like ghastly grinner zombies yeah goo pours out of their mouth blue goo and they have these high pitch shifted voices that creep me the fuck out um and then we see like there's a weird scene so ethan runs out of the house right and he runs into hooper's parents yes and or he sees runs into hooper it runs into hooper's like oh there's my parents they're going into your parents house and like her parents look like upper middle class mm-hmm. people. Even before they became gooey zombies, his parents definitely were. Yeah, yeah. yeah class disparity. Class disparity. Uh, maybe Canada. Everything. They don't care about that. Maybe they can look past those boundaries. Degrassi. Degrassi. It broke new. Oh my the ground. Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> um. We so they jump on a bus to escape the gasly yeah. grinner, and this part scared the shit out of me. This part is imprinted in my mind when the bus driver is driving erratically and yes. he turns his head all around, yes! and the goo pours out of his mouth. And Ooh. again, obviously, anything with spinning head is like exorcist stuff. Yeah, but that was also considered very scary to me as a child. Yes. So, uh, yeah, and then th- they basically escape the bus driver. They yeah, go to the comic they pull shop. the emergency brake. A uh, cute punk chick gives us a bunch of uh, exposition about mm-hmm. how pretty much like her outfits are so fucking on point, dude. Oh, Uncanzian theory—that's what she's Uncanzian theory. Yeah, yeah, about how pretty much like comics are an alternate reality, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not fine. Whatever, nerd. Um, I mean, they really went the mile for like a kids show. They're like, yeah, well, let's just add a whole bunch of stuff in there. Well, they do like a weird thing. This is the only downside of this episode. They do a thing where they're like, oh, microwaves made the ghastly grinners, so microwaves will stop them. So they go to the school, and that feels like padding for that episode. Yeah, because then the microwave doesn't even work. But Ethan, ultimately, to beat the ghastly grinner, has to finish the death of the ghastly grinner yes. comic that Sylvester Uncas started. Yes. Right? And it show 
basically by finishing it, he jumps into the comic with yes. see-through illustrations, which is cute. It's very cute. All right. And then the finale is kind of like Cellar Dweller, where they yes. erase the grinner out of reality. She has reality. like her giant, like comical size, or like eraser. Yeah, it's her big, it's cute. But don't you remember as a kid, you <clears throat> would get those joke pencils that were like three yeah. feet long, and I was like, who the fuck can even write with this? I think I tried writing with them, and Andre I was like, the giant. it's too heavy. Like, it's just wasteful. Doug Jones. Wasteful. <gasps> we met Doug Jones. Very nice dude. He was super nice. Um... Yeah, I asked him about how he fucking keeps a straight face while being Baron Afanas around Afanas. all those hilarious people. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Ethan becomes a comic star. It's just a really innocent story. It's so but cute. it's punctuated by scenes that were I thought were very horrifying at the time. Yes. And it does some creative stuff. Like they, they had a budget. This show has a budget. You see that budget. Yeah. And they had to do creative things to work around it. Mm-hmm. It's a very different environment than it was well, before. What we'll talk about, because you're done talking about your episode, because I'm just going to run through mine, but we'll kind of talk about Are You For The Dark in general. Oh, yeah. I'll be quiet. Men aren't allowed to speak anymore. Yeah, no. Know. Can you shut up, stupid? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we picked our favorite episodes of Are You For The Dark, because this is supposed to come out at Halloween. So that's why we were doing all this. Pretend it's Halloween. Pretend it's Halloween. Listen to it next year, Most kids. of you, like I said on Sale of Satan, every fucking day is halloween so. yeah so but i picked uh let's the official title let me see what it's actually called so it's called the tale of the midnight madness uh but i know it as the vampire episode and all the other people that were totally traumatized know it as the nosferatu episode nosferatu as well episode, yes. and it is the most terrifying fucking episode ever so like a brief rundown is like these two kids also by the way are you afraid of the dark is super progressive because in my episode it has a young black kid and a young white girl and they're all like kind of making eyes at each other and uh his name is pete and he's marjorie into- taylor green is about to have an aneurysm right and he's into katie and they work in a movie theater like an old-timey movie theater and it's like failing and then who shows up dr vink with the the, the, the. a recurring character he was he was kind of like um i don't know how to describe him there were a few characters two to three in the show that recurred and they were kind of like harbingers of doom essentially well that's the thing dr vink which i found out is also the guy from the laughing in the dark episode that played the carney he's okay, the guy yeah. that yeah, was talking about zebo the clown and i was like holy fuck this guy's terrifying also their commitment to giving people bad teeth back in the 90s i appreciate I, it dr vink always reminds me of like evil hagrid from hot from uh, harry potter i would agree with that right? but yes so basically dr vink shows up and he's like play this movie and it'll draw people to come to the theater and they're like yeah okay whatever pal and then ends up being nosferatu and then nosferatu comes out of the screen and these kids have to stop nosferatu whatever it's all very straightforward it's cool because you also as a little kid kind of got to see nosferatu because they do act out but that's the thing is they show nosferatu like all made up and like watching it now as adults a little less scary but I cannot explain to you, as a child, we would try to watch this episode and we would run out of the room because we were like, it's too fucking scary. I can't do it. Like, and you don't think they can top that. And then you see Klaus Kinski as Nosferatu. Ooh, I mean, that's the only other scarier uh, Nosferatu. But yes. So I like the tale of the Midnight Madness. I think it's really cute because they're in an old-timey movie theater. Dr. Vink shows up. I think this is the first episode that Dr. Vink shows up um or maybe the second one i can't remember but it's a really good episode and that one 
terrifies me. So if you've been watching a long time, go back and watch it. What are they on Paramount Plus? They're on Paramount Plus. They used to be on YouTube. I remember years ago, I watched them all on they YouTube. They are on Paramount Plus, but they are not in the proper order. There's there's something weird. Whenever I try to look at Are You For The Dark Stuff, it's always out of order or they're missing episodes. And I'm not sure why. Maybe like it's right what stuff. the rights and But stuff. also uh, Paramount Plus, terrible app. Terrible app. Horrible app. But yeah, so Are You For The Dark in general, I highly recommend even the adults go back and rewatch it there's some really cute episodes there's some really dark episodes they also have great effects i think they have superior effects and also they had a lot of progressive like ideas they also had a bunch of a bunch of interracial kids hanging out together which you definitely did not get in the 90s it was like it was scary but also it it had the right morals yeah right it wasn't like bereft of that kind of stuff and i you know i said it earlier but it I, I can't help but think that it imprinted on my brain in a big way that led me down well, the road to where I am now. we even started watching the new series that they did. They did uh, kind of a reboot, but it's more of an anthology. Like it It's doesn't- not an anthology. It's it's a... The season has one through line. Well, that's... Yeah. Uh, each season is different. Different. But all of them involve the Midnight Society being involved in... An overarching plot. Yes. Which I would have liked an anthology show. Yeah. But I think it's a great little uh, gateway horror for younger mm-hmm. kids. And I think everyone's acting pretty well in it. It's got some cool references that first season. Yeah. The one kid really likes hammer horror and mm-hmm. stuff. I think it's cute. I think it is cute. You know, Especially for kids shows. Like, it doesn't treat them totally dumb. Right. And I think that's the key. And I think that we have, in part, watch stuff that treats children like idiots. Yeah. And I think... The right show uh, gives kids the right amount of credit. Yeah. And I think that Are You Afraid of the Dark did that. I agree. So, a cheers to Are You Afraid of the Dark. Let's take a sip of our Kofi. To Vava Vink and Dr. Zebo Vink. the Clown. Oh my God, Zebo the Clown so terrifying. Mm. <sighs> May it live Tasty. forever in infamy. Um, all right. So, intro. <gasps> intro. We get our little satanic panic intro text mm-hmm. about how... These are true events, how pretty much there are tons of satanic sacrifices. And Spoilers, stuff. no. Again, Marjorie Taylor Greene is watching this. <laughs> She's like, hey, I saw this documentary. <laughs> yeah. It's called Michelle Remembers. And we have this kind of like De Palma intro where we zoom yes. into this house as she's walking around it. We're kind of voyeurs into her life, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Dee Wallace is renting the house. The house. For Do you remember how much money? I think she said it was $300. $300 a month. Oh, how much could a banana cost, Michael? Could you imagine only paying $300 a month for an entire house? No. Could you imagine? Could you fucking imagine? So. We meet Wallace, and we meet our protagonist, mm-hmm. Samantha. Samantha. And she's so cute. She's adorable. And Samantha is clearly experiencing money problems. Yeah. But Wallace says, you know, I'm a pretty good judge of character, and you seem like a nice girl. I will waive uh, the fees. Yeah. But you need to get me the rent. Yeah. To starting rent, and then the first month, I think. Uh, yeah, I think she said, just get me the first month's rent. Um, And she gave her, like, I think, like, a week or something. Right. And... You can tell that Samantha wants to get this done, but that she has some apprehension. Yeah. She walks out of the house and freeze frame House, house of, of the, the Devil. Devil. Perfect text, mm-hmm. perfect composition of that type of stuff, that type of late 70s, early 80s type of stuff. <sighs> it's really And good. I was in love from mm-hmm. that first shot. Well, that's like, well, like I said, when you first showed this to me, I was like, wait a second. I was like, because I knew who Dee Wallace was, and I was like, 
she's older in this, so this can't be an '80s movie because in the '80s she was younger. And then like, but it really does look because like an actual. What movie did you watch that had D. Wallace recently? The Howling. No, Critters. Oh, Critters. Yeah. My God in heaven. Um, Crits. And also had Billy Zane, right? It had young. And then he gets fucking murked. You know. Is that the kid from one of the vacation movies? Maybe. I'm probably wrong. Who cares? Anyway, yeah, we get a um, scene of like some spacey jams as she's walking uh, to the university. And it's pretty quickly established, shown, but not told, that Sam's roommate is a surly punk who morning fucks. Morning Isn't there a sock on the door? There's a sock on the door, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But so she has to get out of the dorm because the door is locked and her roommate is raw dog and that hog. Yeah, baby. And she walks by the bulletin board in the center of the quad. The quad. The quad. And she sees Tom Noonan's help wanted sign. Well, she doesn't know it's Tom Noonan. For babysitting. And he's like a pimp. So the S is a dollar sign. Yeah, baby. Do you remember when everything was a dollar sign? Oh, my God. That was so Tom Noonan walks out of a Zoomies (sighs) and he's wearing like a sweatshirt with AK-47s on. And it says, they call me the babysitter. It says, Jesus is my homeboy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Remember that? And then there was like the Mary is my homegirl shirts. And he's wearing. Yeah. You all want to be Gen little Gen Z's. You want to be like millennial core. Go look up those fucking atrocities. And he's wearing. It's Tom Noonan wearing like size 15 Etnies. Oh, Jesus. Just like giant purple and red ones. And he's got like an oversized hoodie. It's got AK-47s all over it. And he's got grills. They uh, call me the babysitter. I hate all Because he can't this. talk with I the grills in his mouth. Yeah, Zoomies was an abomination. Didn't he have weird teeth in The Last Action Hero? He did. He was in general like a monster man in that. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, anyway, so Sam calls Mr. Ullman from that weird device that she walks up to. I don't know what it, what, what is this? It's like a it's like a, a pole in the ground. Okay. And there's like a like a black boomerang with ear holes. Oh, I think they sold those at like Urban Outfitters, right? Okay. Yeah. Well, she uses that. Um, to call him she, yeah. I, I don't how did why did she just text him and he should just venmo her yeah can he just like venmo her like can I he she this. just do her only fan i hate this fucking bit and she can get this money um and she calls him and then creepily he calls her right back on the payphone yes and he wants to immediately set up the job right mm-hmm. uh and then she is like okay yeah yeah we'll cool. definitely Whatever. do that and we see her go back to her apartment, and again, in a show and not tell moment, we see that her side of the apartment is clean, mm-hmm. and her roommate's side of the apartment is disgusting. disgusting. This reminded me of that scene from Urban Legend, when um, What's-Her-Face is sharing a room Daniel with Harris. Harris. Is yeah, that's, that's what it gave me. She's like, fuck you, I'm listening to every Mudvayne song. Yeah. But, Omen is supposed to meet her. Yes. Uh, and at like outside of one of the lecture halls. Yeah, I think just outside the lecture hall. But he never does. And she's Which I never understood that. Why did he just like not meet her? I think that there's a thing where like they wanted to have minimal face to face time with these people. Oh. Because then they might be exposed to Maybe they thought she was ugly. Or there's something creepy. You know what I mean? Like there's something creepy about the idea that they're they're just not showing up. You know, she doesn't meet them until she's at the at the job. Yeah. I think that was their intention. Okay. Go on. Um and at Eclipse Pizza. We get the perfect pizza place uh, oh. interior. It looks like Al John's. Yeah, the orange booths. Perfect. Wood panel. Mm-hmm. Chalkboard. Chalkboard. Right. And we see Greta Gerwig. Gerwig. In one of her first, I think, I think it's one of her roles. first roles, yeah. She's got that Farrah Fawcett hair. Yeah, right? she has like her flippy hair. So it's so funny seeing Greta Gerwig in this because when 
like I said, you showed this to me. Nobody knew who she was. She you know what I mean? She wasn't Lady Bird. No, she hadn't done that yet. Oh, okay. But shortly after that, she'll come out with Lady Bird and that becomes like an indie darling. Yeah. And that kind of puts her in the position to direct Barbie, right? Yeah. Uh, which both of those movies I've never seen. I'm sure they're good, but I've just never seen them. <laughs> we'll watch it. I, I mean, she seems like a cool girl, like from what I can vibe Cool off girl her. is cool. Cool, cool girl, girl is hot. hot. She has the back of her brain blown out. Oh, shh. Uh, Get there. So, yeah, Greta plays Sam's friend Megan, and she's perfectly realized she's kind of like a ditz, but in the best way. She's a really good friend. Yeah. So, she, I think that this is foreshadowing. They're eating the pizza, and she goes, pizza's weird today. Yeah. And that piece of pizza looks so good, dude. It looks so good. Every time I watch this movie, I just want like a pepperoni pizza and we don't eat meat anymore i don't even know the last time i ate pepperoni but like i watch it i'm just like but whoever did the oh. sound design there's like a part where she crunches and you yeah. can tell that the crust on the bottom is like Ooh, well done and i'm like yeah. god damn now i just um, want pizza <laughs> but immediately gerwig like imbues this character spoiler alert she doesn't spend a lot of time with us yeah. but uh, she like refers to some girls like a ham-faced girl. Yeah, the ham-faced girl. And then we get more foreshadowing because she's like, oh, you wouldn't even want that job. Yeah. The kid could be from hell. Yes. Spoilers. Uh, there, there's also no kid, but you know. Well. Um, yeah, so Sam is having one of those days, yes. right? She hadn't heard back from Mr. Ullman. Mm-hmm. She has a shitty roommate. Her roommate um, is there and she comes back into the dorm, yeah. right? And she's like, oh, you got a message from some dude and Samantha's like, what dude? What did yeah. you fucking write anything down? Yeah. Her roommate's pretty useless. Yeah. Uh, I would hate being roommates with her. So I get why Sam wants to move out. So, right. And then, so Mr. Ullman, uh, calls her immediately back. She calls him. He doesn't answer. And then he calls her back yes. again in the same way that he did with the, with the exactly. thing, which again is creepy. It's like one of those things where he's like, I never want you to reach me. There, this movie is very good at setting up the creepiness where your gut is like, hey, this is weird. Hey, this is weird. Hey, this is weird. But she needs the money. You know, she hates her living situation. She just needs enough money. She already told Dee Wallace she would take the place. She has it. And she's like really hard up. And you feel bad for her. You know, she's you just feel a, bad for her. a poor and also, college kid. it's a kid. different time. There is no caller ID. Yeah. The way you meet people, I mean, you're either physically going to have to reach them on a landline phone, a pay phone, or via like letters or or bulletin board well that's the funny thing is this movie is perfect and it only really works because it is you know set in the 80s is you have no caller id you can't look people up you know you just kind of go off the presumption that people are telling you the truth which spoilers they're fucking not telling her the truth as to why they need someone that evening and i think it's all set up really well because us as the audience are like hey that's a red flag hey that's a red flag kind of in the way when uh watching barbarian in the beginning but that's that movie's true. obviously very smart you know right. she's like oh i took a picture of his id well, i did all these interesting things. because it takes the the concept of i'm not asking any questions and goes what if you asked every, every question? question but then something completely ape shit happened yes yeah, still <laughs> naked lady uh but yeah no this movie does that where it's like you're like you should be asking questions you should be asking questions and she's like nope not asking any questions she is admittedly nervous about it yeah. but again it's a situation it also feeds into this sort of I don't know if you want to call it black humor of this movie of being like anyone could be a Satanist. Well, I think that's the whole idea. And if you ask, you know, the Republicans, they'd be like, they're all Satanist globalists. And it's like, there really isn't that many Satanists. Like, they're kind of just... Mostly they're people who are just trying to, like, point out your hypocrisy now. Yeah, so they're not really maniacal wearing, like, cloaks and hanging out, like, in a kill room or something. Right. That would be pretty cool, though. That would be pretty cool. I would do that. Uh, Ultimately... 
Ullman agrees to meet her. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and he promises to make it painless. Uh, and then, but it basically he's like, oh, why don't you just come to the house? Yeah. For the job. Which I would be like, sha-na-na. Well, that's the thing is, I remember babysitting. I only babysat for people I knew. But the idea of babysitting, you used to just like put a flyer up and like some teenage girl would just like come to your house. And it's like, what? Are we insane? Insane? That's an insane idea. I think it's also the idea of babysitting you know that someone has a child and that's yeah. supposed to make them more benign. Well, that's right? kind of the idea behind some serial killer couples is you'd have a female and you're like, well, there's a female. The, this guy can't be a serial killer. And then, you know, like the honeymoon killers, I think mm-hmm. that's what they were. Mm-hmm. And then there's those people out in England that like would basically be like, pick up hitchhikers and they'd be like, oh, well, there's a woman in the car. It's fine. And then they'd be horribly, Choppy. brutally murdered. So, you know, you're trying to put people at ease. You're like, oh, I have a child. Oh, I couldn't possibly be an evil Satanist. Right. But they are. But they are. Uh, in Megan's car on the way to the house, they talk about the eclipse, right? Yeah. And the name of the pizza place is Eclipse Pizza. There's a bunch of flyers, too. Flyers. If you watch um, when she goes to the bulletin board to get the listing. In the quad. Uh, in the quad. There's a bunch of stuff about the eclipse. I think on the radio, they're talking about the eclipse. Like, that's a whole through line in this entire movie. And I didn't pick that up the first time I watched it, not till obviously, the end. And I was like, oh, I just thought they kept talking about it because that was like a thing we were obsessed with in the 80s. Everybody was obsessed with stuff like that. Don't you remember when... Yeah. There was an eclipse like a few years ago and everybody was like freaking out. I think that there was a big push to this idea. Oh, yeah. And then our president at the time stared at it directly. Cool. Smart. Um, Yeah, we were. I think there was a real fascination with like the space program that continued to exist from its inception. Well, I remember, too, when I was in elementary school, so we were in the same age, probably like grade three or four and there was like an eclipse and they like taught you how to make the boxes in class and stuff mm-hmm. like that so you can look at the eclipse and well, i was like thing what the fuck only is this on occasion yeah you know so. so it's supposed to be a big event okay, okay. sometimes people want to look at the sun i want to look at the sun uh, and now it's the moon now when they were <laughs> now when they were at eclipse pizza <laughs> i am black metal i would only look at the moon i would only look at the moon because it's so dark and frost beatian and bumpy just like my skin because I don't wash my face. Uh, I only wear this. Oh, I was going to say Sepultura, but they're more death metal. Uh, anyway, so when they death were- has done something very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can use that uh, voiceover when you finally see all the dead bodies. Be like, death has done something very cool. I like the part in, uh, I know it's not supposed to be seen as a comedy, but that's how I saw uh what is it, Lords of Chaos? Lords of Chaos, And there's yeah. the part where he's like, scorpions. And uh, scorpions. Varg is like ashamed of his scorpions patch. You love scorpions. I do love scorpions. Uh, Aren't they like Dutch or something? I, uh, I think so. Yeah, they're like yeah, foreign of some sorts. Anyway, when they Back were at Eclipse Pizza, <laughs> there was uh, a scene where Megan was like, you should tear down all the other flyers. Fuck them for not reaching out yeah. to you. And we find out that Megan did that herself. Megan is a really good friend. She's I pers- a spaz, but she's a good friend. She's a spaz, but even at one point, she's like, hey, if you can't like get enough money, I'll just ask my dad for money. And I think it's supposed to be implied that Megan's kind of rich. Uh, yeah. She also drives mm-hmm. an Audi. Hey, look, Audis. Uh, oh, sorry, Volvos. That's what she drives. She drives a Volvo. Um, she's like, hey, my dad can give you money for the apartment and stuff like that. Megan's a really good friend, and she cares about Sam. And I think that's one of the nice things about this movie is... 
uh, I guess it would pa- pass the Bechtel test too, because it's two female characters it just discussing would. life and themselves. And I think now it's give actually- this a better letterbox review than the Marvel trash. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, I, I love Megan. R.I.P.D. Megan. <laughs> it's coming. I know. Uh, on their way to the house. Which again, they have to use a map to get there. Oh my god! Did you ever take uh, classes in school where they taught you how to use a map? Nope. I remember I was like in third grade and they taught you how to read a map, like the longitude and latitude well, I knew or whatever. That stuff, yeah, yeah. But uh, we had like a whole like one day thing about how to read a map and how to find like where we lived on a map and stuff. It was really cute. And now kids just Google monkey butts. So whatever. Monkey butts. What that monkey butt do? Poopy. Uh, hammy. They pass a cemetery on the way there. That's important. Yes. And then they get to the house, and the house is fucking pitch perfect. It's, yeah, like a Victorian era, almost kind of farmhouse. It's really cool. It's huge. It is a big ass it house. And it's in really good condition. Feels like a house in the tradition of Black Christmas. Yes. Okay. It's supposed to give me that feel. I the feelings. And then we get the introduced. Introduction. Introduction, baby. Oh, I got the introduction. Oh, you want eh? to eat my introduction? You want to introduce me? Of Tom Noonan. Dude, Tom Noonan is fucking terrifying. And the way they shoot it is only meant to emphasize his height, right? If he weren't even, uh, spoilers, the bad guy in this movie, he is Tom Noonan. He looks like the fucking bad guy. Like, if I showed up this house, I'd be like, no, absolutely not. No fucking way. Well, you see the door open, and then you see his arm come down to them to shake their hands. Yes. And we see Tom Noonan, and he has this... I think he always has this twinkle in his eye, which could be insanity. Which <laughs> it is insanity. Makes Noonan a great actor. I think he looks like if the tall man was a spokesman for Entenmann's. Oh, I love an Entenmann's. Who doesn't, you know? Oh, the Entenmann's end caps at ShopRite, man, that's like... Always get you. Always get you. You just you could stand there for five minutes and be like... Oh. Even if you don't buy Even anything, you don't buy anything, you just love looking I at know. it. You love looking at it. You're like, oh, Entenmann, oh. you've done it again. <laughs> and by that, I mean you've had the same 12 items. But they have not changed their packaging. They have not changed their items. I and respect I that. And I love that. Well, growing up, like, so I grew up in like an Irish household and stuff like that. Irish, Yes, that's exactly. Are you a fucking carp? Yes. Carp. I am a carp. Thank you. Call me carp. But in the Irish household, and I'm sure like, you know, there's other people, but this is how I remember it. You always had a pot of coffee. Everybody sat at the kitchen table smoking cigarettes inside without the windows open. You got to your coffee donut. And then there would always be an Entenmann's on the table. Like, that's the thing. Like, I Do you remember the little coffee crumb donuts that they had? Yes. Duh. My dad loved those, like the chocolate ones with the little chocolate bits on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there was a coffee one with little coffee. But I feel like people it. don't do that anymore. You used to just like sit around on kitchen table with like a pot of coffee and the Entenmann's. Like, it's bring good ba- that we don't smoke inside bring anymore. Back, bring back chain smoking and eating coffee cake. Uh, I mean, that's how I spent a lot of my childhood. So, so Noonan invites them into the yes. house. Greta Gerwig is immediately like, you can tell she's like, get me the fuck out of here. She's like, shanana, fuck nah. And even um, Sam kind of knows that it's fucked up, but she's in a rock and a hard place. She's like, I need money. And I think this movie does- in the rock and the hard place. This movie does a good job of being like, you know, even if you had common sense, you'll overlook your common sense when you're hard up for cash. Like, that's true with anything. You know, you think about any kind of movie where especially- Would you say that there's wealth inequality? (laughs) Yeah. I would. There is. Uh, but that's kind of the thing, you know? She's a poor college girl, and it doesn't seem like she's very close to her family, because we never hear about hers. Well, it's her fault. If she didn't get pizza every day, she'd be able to afford to rent you the damn apartment. damn kids weren't getting your pizza toast every day. <laughs> we just call it pizza, Dad. 
Um, if you if you weren't getting your goddamn Italian toast every day. So I day. think that's what also makes Sam a likable character is you relate to Sam. You're like, yeah, I'm poor. I understand kind of going against your gut and being like, this is fucking creepy, but I need fucking money, dude. Well, it gets creepier. Because well, Newton duh. is cagey about his background because he starts talking about the eclipse yep. and Gerwig is kind of probing. She's yeah. like, are you an astronomer? He's like, not exactly. Yeah, because he's like, oh, do you know you live in the most perfect part of the country for like this eclipse? And they're like, okay, dork. You know? I think actually like- Megan <laughs> says that she goes like, okay <laughs> yeah megan's just like um okay which is like what i would be like okay and he's so creepy when he's talking about the clips like you can tell he's like kind of giddy and you're like yeah are you just like a Newton, fucking again, science he's, nerd he is so creepy in this because he you can tell that he knows what it means to be the facade of a polite person yes and that if you're polite you can get away with a lot. We talk about it all the time. All the we time. talk about the girl with uh, the dragon tattoo. The girl with the dragon thing. tattoo. When Stellan Skarsgård is just like, hey. You could have walked out of here. You knew I was a murderer, but because it was polite society, you stayed. And that's what undid you. And now I'm going to have sex with you. Well, that was, that's that he was going to have sex with uh, Michael Daniel Craig. Well, yeah. first he was going to like choke him. Yeah, well, yeah, but I think you know, there is going to be. You some... thought he was going to sex him? Yeah. Oh, in the book, they go into hard detail about how, I like, both um, he and what's her face, Harriet, uh, were having sex with the dad. He was, like, raping both oh, of I them. Oh, I know about that, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were both. And then, because I think Scarsgard even has a storyline. He's like, oh, okay, I've this isn't a, never a, a been with another man besides my father. That's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> okay, anyways. One day Can we'll, we just cover, talk? we'll just cover Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I mean, that falls in our time frame, right? Doesn't it? Uh, it's a little later. Okay, but uh, Patreon money us, and I'll, I'll talk all about the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm-hmm. and every single moment, and then how I went to Sweden and I went to a bunch of spots. But anyways, let's go back to this movie. So Megan pretty much is telling Samantha, like, you shouldn't do this. And yeah, in the meanwhile, it's creepy. Noonan pulls her out of the room yeah. and says, listen, uh, and it's uh, in everything that he delivers, he's kind of like... Oh, I made a whoopsie. Like, I'm sorry I'm so indelicate about this or something like that. Yeah. And he pretty much says, well, he can't pay for two people, you know? Which is such an odd thing because, spoilers, when he starts giving her more and more money, you'd be like, well, what the fuck's it matter if you have two babysitters or one babysitter? Obviously, like, the rate would just be for the both of you. You'd well, be splitting what's it. interesting, too, is you get Noonan and he has the... The scene drips with tension because yes. he's very soft spoken, but you can tell that there are these like moments of urgency. Yes. Because he needs this to go off well, yes. right? And he says something like he's like, My wife is very particular. Yeah. Right? Um, and he reveals that the nature of the job is not babysitting, <gasps> but to watch his mother, <gasps> not a child. Yep. And Sam pretty much is Balks like at it. She's like, Oh, she's like, she's I like, have no skills to do this. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with this. And he's like, I have money. I have money. I just always think of that part in Arrested Development where um, George Sr. is arrested and he goes, but he had found a loophole in the Mexican legal system. I have money. <laughs> you could also say it's a loophole in the American legal system. Well, that's the thing system. too. Um, but I mean, that would be weird if somebody was like, oh, can you come babysit? Oh, actually, it's for my invalid mother. And you'd be like, uh, no, Norman, I can't come babysit for you. Sorry, that's I need to leave part now. Also, is they're like, you don't have to do anything. You just have to stay in the house, essentially. Well, so that's kind of accurate for babysitting. I would babysit certain people um, if they have little, little kids. Like, sometimes they'd have, like, you know, a toddler that would stay up a little bit later. But if they had a younger one, they would be in bed by the time you got there. And they're like, hey, we're only going to be gone for, like, three hours. The one kid's already in bed. The other one's about to go to bed, you know? So there were times where I would just, like, sit and eat pizza and watch TV while, like, the children were asleep. 
Well, she essentially gets him up to a pretty high. It was like two hundred fifty or three hundred dollars. I think she gets him up to like four or three or four. Oh no, maybe it was like three hundred bucks. Yeah, and she's like, oh no, she gets past that because she's like, oh, well, I'll first month's rent and then some. I right. think she gets him to like four hundred bucks. So, which like he was that like a million that, dollars today? Which is also <laughs> concerning. I would be concerned if you would just go okay. Uh, that that's a ton so of money, right? And. Megan is like, this is a bad idea. They lied to you. You're making a mistake right now. And Sam's like, I, I have no choice. We skipped one of my favorite parts while she's discussing money That's with right. Mr. Ullman. So Megan is sitting on the couch. So this is one of my favorite things. And I pointed this out to you uh, when we were watching it. So when they're at the pizza place, Megan's like eating her pizza. And she she's goes, like, oh, take, gross. Yeah. she's like, oh, pizza's gross today. And then continues to pick at it and eat it. And then when she's waiting for Megan, um, Sam to talk to Mr. Ullman, she's sitting on the couch. And I guess I always thought they were like fireballs, but I guess they're no, not. No, they're like fire- grandma candy. They're like grandma yeah. candies. And she's they're like, like those strawberry like uh foil candy yes or like pretty much i don't for those of you who are younger yes everyone is aware about werther's originals yeah but those are good i love the werther's original there were there were like the the, the strawberry the below <laughs> oh, were those originals i think you only found them in your grandma's drawer like that was they don't exist yeah. in stores i've they never just seen appear the, they would just appear drawers. like once you hit your aarp card you just start like having them appear in your house you know uh kind of like warts they just start showing up or like moths you know? <laughs> but anyway so she's like digging in the candy bowl and she like eats a piece of candy and then she like spits it out she's like oh gross and then she looks back at the candy bowl and just sticks her fingers in again and eats the candy and then steals more and puts them in her purse and i think it's so cute because her character clearly is like oh this is gross i'm gonna eat more (laughs) i love that about her good bit of character development it fleshes out you know we don't get to spend much more time with her but we really like sam we understand sam and we really like megan we're like yeah Yeah. megan's cool realized characters they're very realized and i think that's where ty west really does shine he does a really great job with his characters where he puts in these little bits and you're like oh i relate to them i empathize with them I i like them you know we're rooting for them even though we've only got like what 30 minutes of time with them yeah, and I think that, well, this and definitely Your Next are yeah. strong character work on his part. Mm-hmm. Um, check out Your Next, which we will event- inevitably uh, cover yeah, we, uh, th- if you want to see rich people fuck around and find out. Oh, I love it. And, and, and there's that Conway, not Conway Twitty, something Twitty song that th- th- loops uh, over. Here for the Magic. Yeah. Looking for the Magic. Yeah, I love that song. Um, Dwight, Anyways, Dwight Twitty. Dwight Twitty. Anyway. I think that's what it is. Uh, so, Megan Leaves. Okay. Yes. And she pulls off to smoke by the cemetery. Well, she's really pissed off at Sam. So she kind of storms out of the house and she's like, you're fucking stupid for doing this. And Sam's like, yo, bro, like it's first month's rent and then some. And uh, Megan's just like, whatever, I'll come back and pick you up. Right. Just call me when like you're done. Right. But I like, I'm fucking pissed that I'm leaving you. So here. she pulls off to smoke by the cemetery and enter a vagrant who's not dressed dissimilar to joe spinell and maniac uh which i thought was like kind of yeah very similar and he pretty much is like oh do you need a light and she's like where did you come from she's like where the fuck did you come from because she's just sitting in I like this, how like, surly she is i love how surly megan is because she's very realized she's like what the fuck like i'm in a graveyard in the middle of the night in the like they're supposed to be like out in the country i guess you know like there's nobody the to fuck around least, yeah and she's like what the fuck is this and he's like oh i thought you might need a light and she's like aces i i just like the part where he goes cold out tonight and she goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh and he leans over and he goes are you not, not 
the, the babysitter? babysitter? And if you want to see the director of Barbie get her head turned into ragu. Jesus. When you showed this to me, I remember being like shocked. I was like, are you what? Yeah. Uh, when I was showing this to Carl, he's like, oh, Greta Gerwig's in this. And I was like, just you wait. I was like, and now you'll realize why Ben and I will just turn to each other and be like, are you not the babysitter? And the head explosion rules. It rules and it it's is shocking so good it is shocking yeah. like you you're just like hold what what the fuck and i will tell you psa don't tell your friends that this happened oh no 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 just let them enjoy this this is if you go into this blind like i did you'll rewind that moment a few times you'll be like what the fuck what the fuck yeah i think i made you rewind it like several times when we watched it because so, i was just like oh. back at the house well the fucked up thing too is is so he shoots her obviously and then her car starts rolling and he reaches in to like turn it off and then he takes her cigarette yeah which i thought was such a great touch as well like for character he's like he's such a fucking asshole like he just fucking shot this it's lady great. in yeah. the head he's vindictive and yeah. then he stole her fucking cigarette um and yeah, that's the only problem. Uh, <laughs> no, but you, it really says a lot about who he is. Like right. he's a scumbag, you know. Uh, at the house, Newton lays out all the info for the numbers on the fridge, and he goes, "I'm gonna go upstairs and get my wife." Now, quick note here: he keeps pushing pizza. pizza. He's, he's like, like, "Oh, I know you girls pizza. love pizza. You gotta get pizza. There's money for pizza." I know. Oh, you like a de pizza. Yeah, like a de pizza. It was really crazy when he put on that mustache and that big chef's hat, and he kept like leaning over her and be like, "Ravioli, ravioli, gnocchi, gnocchi, ravioli." Oh, I want some gnocchi. I love gnocchi. Uh, anyway, send gnocchi to our PO box. Yes. Yeah, Do we have us, a PO box? Send us an envelope full of gnocchi. <gasps> Uh, from your just, grandma. It's just soaked with oil at the bottom. Ooh. Just licking an envelope. That's a tasty letter. That's not just because I'm closing the envelope that I'm licking it. It's because it's full of pasta. Pasta. Okay. Anyways, now I'm just distracted by food. Um, I am very hungry. We'll eat after this. Okay. Jeez, I was fucking crying. Uh, Omen's like, I'm going to go get my wife from upstairs. All right. And then... We hear him having an ominous conversation with somebody yes. about how Sam is perfect for something or other. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound great. Mm-hmm. Sam kind of hears it. And then not from upstairs, but from the uh, basement. basement, enter Mary Warrenov looking Woo! like regal Hot. as fuck. She's, she's, she's got very some beautiful. guilt energy. Yeah, she does. Uh, if you look at Mary Warnov when she was young, she was fucking gorgeous. She's very beautiful, yeah. Um, she's got some real, yeah, like I was saying, she's got some real satanic majesty going on, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but she was supposed to be upstairs. But who is he talking to upstairs then? I don't know. Oh. And oh. she is, the best way to describe her also, whereas Ullman is definitely like this soft-spoken guy, she is outwardly sinister. She's very bitter looking. You know what I mean? Mr. Ullman is, like, terrifying because he's fucking Tom Noonan, 4,500 feet tall. But Mary Warnov, like, she's very beautiful, but, like, you can tell she's evil in this movie. You just, like, look at it and you're like, oh, this lady's gonna turn me into a frog. Well, I think that she is... Yeah, she's definitely more sinister and definitely more imposing. And she immediately starts talking to Samantha and she's like, oh, men must be all over you because mm, of what a beauty you are. Yeah, what a she's beauty. Like, I used to be like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, essentially... Ullman comes back downstairs. He's like, oh, there you are. Yeah. And they meet up and they're going to leave. And they also have a kind of a stilted interaction with each other. Their interaction is really odd. I I, I used- always wondered whether or not they, I don't think they're they, that we find out that the vagrant is their son. Yes. But I don't know that they're like a happy family. Yeah. It seemed more 
maybe it's a marriage of like convenience, necessity, necessity yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, you definitely don't feel like they're in love. <laughs> That's for sure. So the omens leave and they're like, don't forget the fucking pizza. Hey, Get pizza. Do you pizza. like pizza? You like pizza? Anyway, Sam calls Megan as soon as yes. the uh, omen family leaves. Yeah. Uh, and she doesn't answer. And Sam also has a prank answering machine message. Ooh, this which was is the, the time. Bane of my fucking existence. I hate prank voicemails like that. Although, uh, I like the one where people used to record songs. Like, my friends recorded Spiderwebs um, from No Doubt. It was like, leave a message. And so, it, it can be cute, but... Okay. The worst ones. It's very 90s. They're all terrible, and all people should be prosecuted for war crimes. But, uh... It's how I feel about worst, people with bumper stickers. The worst ones were the ones where it would be somebody being like, talking as if you they answered the phone, mm-hmm. and then, oh, fake out. Take them to the Hague. Do you know who's worse, though? People whose voicemail box is full. Fuck those people. Those people There's don't no have... excuse. They do not no have their... Like, if your voicemail box in this day and age is still full, like, where we now have transcribed, like, voice messages, so you can just see, be like, oh, this is what I got, and you can delete it. People that have full voicemails, I... I will murder you. It should you. be a violation of the Geneva Convention you. to have a full voicemail. I hate it. I hate it. It makes me so mad. You and the people with bumper stickers, you're both evil and you're... Uh, honey, honey, coming in too hot. Sorry. Sam calls the pizza man. Yep. And he sounds creepy instead of being broken inside. Mm. So she should be nervous there. Red flag. Red flag. Uh, but she calls and she orders a pizza and we get her exploring the house. Do you catch how much this pizza was? It was like 12 bucks. For a large pepperoni pizza. God Could you imagine? What, what if she's like, can I get a medium? And he's like, no medium. No medium. Just small or large. Uh, anyway, so she walks around the house and she thinks she hears someone upstairs. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a show and not tell situation yeah. where we get the layout of the home. This also is very black Christmassy. There's something yeah. upstairs, but what is it? What is it? She hops on the TV and we get a news report on the eclipse. Yep. There's and this then, goddamn eclipse again. Uh, that's right. We get a musical interlude of Sam bopping around till one thing leads to another. Another by the fix, yeah. That's right. I love her Walkman. Dude, that Walkman is sick. That song is also on the Streets of Fire soundtrack. <gasps> wow. Walter Hill. Um, okay. And then we get a brief shot of her looking into the dark basement, and she's like, nope. Yeah. Not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, but while she's bopping around with her little musical montage, slash it's so cute. Showing the layout of the house. She, well, that's a good way. Yeah, so right. you get an idea of the house because she's bopping around. And for anybody who's ever babysat, that's kind of what you do. You just snoop into people's stuff, and you're like, oh, what's over here? Well, she knocks over a vase. Yeah, dingus. And she's really pissed off about it because she's like, I don't have money to pay. Yeah, and look like a nice vase. Goes and looks for a dustbin. Yes. And she goes into a closet. Yep. And in that closet, she finds the furs that earlier Mary Warrenov was like, oh, I was in the basement getting my furs. Yeah. We're from the desert. It's so cold out there or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, so that that is obviously suspicious, right? And then she finds a garbage bag with photos of a family that is not the Ullmans. And they're standing in front of the Ullmans house. And they also have the Volvo in the driveway. And we were pointed out to that Volvo before because, like we said, Megan drives a Volvo. And she's like, oh, hey. Oh, safest car on the road. Yeah, safest car on the road. Obviously, uh, it doesn't stop you from having your head caved in with a bullet. Well, you know, that uh, bullet wasn't safe. The car was. The car was in good condition after her body just got That's sprayed true. all over it. So, Well, we also see a van, like a camper van. Yeah, so... Well, I guess you presume that they came in the camper van, very Mandy style of them. That's um, true. Yeah. And so you're like, 
oh, so they lied about where the furs were and there's weird noises and now there's a trash bag full of pictures who are clearly not this like people that I met and there's another family that definitely lives at this house and that's interesting too now that I know everything about this movie because I've seen it many times but you realize there's no personal effects and in modern day, I think people are less prone to hanging family photos but like in the 80s and 90s that was like a big thing everybody had like their family and like pictures of themselves plastered all over the house yeah yeah um and so she again is becoming more suspicious and we see actually so we see her looking out at the van yeah and she's like that's weird and then we ourselves as the viewers see on the other side of the van feet underneath the van that drop a cigarette butt Who could it be? Uh, She still can't reach Megan. Yeah. And there are more suspicious sounds from upstairs, right? Mm -hmm. And she kind of walks around and is like, oh, Mrs. Ullman, are you okay? Yeah. And she doesn't hear anything. And we zoom in and we see what's within the room. And it's that family that was in the photos brutally sacrificed in a pentagram Mm -hmm. or like some sort of like witch circle. Witch circle, yeah. But Um, there's blood Everywhere. It looks like they've been gutted. Yeah. Well, that's I, their bodies are mutilated. And I think this movie doesn't have a ton of gore, but the two gore scenes they do have are amazing. Uh, I think you that's know, another touch of that classic late 70s, early 80s horror is not necessarily throwing blood at you all the time, yeah. but having these jarring moments of hyper-violence. That's your Texas chainsaw of it all. Um, so the pizza gets delivered right a pizza uh by she her. grabs that pizza box so weird because she's freaking out i know but that pizza but she holds would be, it sideways she holds it, it sideways upset it upset me i was like that pizza is losing all of its cheese bro uh but anyway it has been delivered and sam gets spooked and she calls 911 because she's like there's sounds happening i don't know what's going on and she backs off at the last minute, yeah right because it was a very serious thing to call 911 yeah that was the thing i I mean, it's still very serious. Don't prank phone call 911. Um, well, now you mostly call them because a black person's on your lawn and you want them to empty a full clip of bullets in it. Exactly. But yeah, no, like calling 911 in the 80s was like a big deal. And like, this is before people were believed or so if you like called and you were like, oh no, I'm okay. And they're like, okay, yeah, good. I hope you learned your lesson. Don't fucking prank call me. And you're like, maybe there's something afoot here and I can't talk on the phone, but whatever, fine. Go off on that tangent another day. Yes. Uh... Anyway, so she backs off. She goes to sit down and calm herself in front of the soothing television. Ah, the warm glow of the TV. And she turns on Night of the Living Dead. Yes. In the public domain. Because that's, yeah. Uh, And she eats some sketchy pizza, which she seems grossed out by. Yeah, she's like, oh, it tastes weird. Uh, And ruh-oh. Ruh-rose. It's roofie pizza. Roofie pizza! Uh, But first she, like... She doesn't get full roofied. I think that they probably wanted her to be completely sedate. Yeah. But what happens is she kind of washes her mouth out. Yeah. And while she's washing her mouth out, in a very specific touch, in a scene that I think most people who are profoundly stupid would not understand, she hears the water running from upstairs. Yes. Through the pipes. Yes. Uh, Because pipes are in your house. That's how water comes into your house. There's yeah. pipes in our house? There's not just like a little elf that runs this? around. <laughs> and he's like, oh he has God. a little pitcher. And when you have to take a shower, he's like, my arms are so tired from pouring hot water. What would you name him? That would be so cute. Oh my God, I want an elf that like magically. Oh, okay, go on. Tell me more about this elf. 
in the bathroom. She goes to the upstairs bathroom <sighs> yeah, because she's like, whatever. the water has to be running from up there. And she finds a ton of black hair clips. This is gross, dude. I oh. always took it as that Ullman was cutting a wig. I always took it as uh, Mary Warnoff's hair had been falling out. Kind of like a suspupia thing where I think... Oh, she's decaying because She's decaying, evil. yeah. All right. Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, she obviously Satanists are evil. Yeah. They're not good people. That would explain why Donald Trump looks so virile, because he's a child of God. Uh, Anyway. Actually. She goes up to uh, the attic, and she turns on the bulb, and the bulb burns out. And either something she sees, I think it's uh, something she might have seen, but it also is that the roofie kicks in full on at this point. Goes, chunk. Yeah, and she gets knocked out. Right? Then, blammo. Full blood moon satanic ritual spectacular yes. time, right? Uh, mother, mother is a weird ghoul woman. A ghoul, and her face is all disfigured. That's why I think it's like a decaying thing. I think that's what the sacrifice thing is. There about. are goat heads full of blood. Oh, she has a goat skull. Man, that's a nice skull. Samantha, how is much do you think that skull would cost? Like five hundred bucks. Strapped to the the basement floor. Yes, and on a pentagram. Yes, and, and she's in a weird like white schmuck thing the robed family comes in right <gasps> and they're all in ecstasy right yeah who is it it's fucking tom newton mary warnoff and the weird guy that shot megan in the head who's their son who's our son yeah and uh mother takes the uh skull and she takes blood ugh, right ugh, this part grossed me out cuts herself she cuts her she takes yeah blood and then she pours it through the skull out in- of the nose onto samantha's tummy Right? Tum tum, yeah. Oh no, in her mouth. In her mouth. And then she draws a pentagram on her tummy. Yes. Uh, and they didn't do a great job with their knots in their classes. No. Uh, when they were learning sailing. Not so great. I'm on a seafood diet, honey. <laughs> I seafood. And you eat it? And I eat it. Nice. I'm on a fuck food diet, honey. <laughs> you seafood and you fuck it? I fuck food. Uh, anyway, Sam- that's the thing, right? Doesn't Jesse was talk about that? Like dudes will buy like chicken sandwiches from like Burger King or McDonald's or whatever, and have or sex, have with, sex them. with them. Yeah, remember Jesse was telling us all about that. What a time to be alive! I man. know. Good, good. There are Who- starving children in Africa that would love your cum sandwich. We all have a supercomputer in our pockets, and I don't think that there's a better tool than to put your tool into a McRib. <laughs> I'll give you a McRib. In the parking lot of the McRib. I'll give you a rib. <laughs> well, the McRib was taken from Adam. So putting back Adam into the rib. To create a tasty sandwich from yeah. McDonald's. Oh um, Sam escapes her bonds. Yes. And she stabs Noonan. Yes. And she scratches Mother. Yes. And she gouges out Victor's one eye. Ooh. And Victor is the vagrant's son. Yeah. I think they say it once. Once, I think now yeah. they say yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I think Mary Warnoff's like, Victor! <laughs> um, she runs up the stairs from the basement, yes. and she slips in the gore of all that Gerwig goo. Oh, yeah, because for some reason he brought Greta Gerwig's body there. Gore of all that Gerwig goo. Yeah. Gore of all that Gerwig There's, goo. She ends up getting covered in blood, so, And it's yeah. a great collapsed-in skull. Oh, like it's I good. said, the gore in this movie is quite good. Um... She kind of freaks out because she's, you know, rolling around in her ruined friend's head. Well, she's also like and she's roofied. still roofied, yeah. And some sort of satanic magic is taking. And now hold the magic her. is taking a side of her. Um, and Victor runs up after her, yep. and he shoots her through the shoulder. Yep. And she collapses because she runs up the stairs. Yep. 
Uh, and she has a knife. Yes. Because she was able to grab it from them. And she slits his throat, which oh, is pretty good. Oh, man, it's super good. Um, I always appreciate when they do like the type of squib work where you see they, they set it up so it looks like it's pulsing. Ew, yeah, you know? I like it. Because the thing is, when you cut a vein, veins are passively pushing blood. So they don't spurt. That's an artery that you're cutting that causes oh, it to spurt. Oh, thank you, Dr. Common ben. misconception. Uh, Warnoff finds her dead son. Yes. Because Sam has hidden herself in one of the rooms. Yes. And uh, Sam starts to have these visions at this point, these mm-hmm. pulsing, strobing visions of mother and spooky faces. And then she sees that her abdomen is becoming inflamed yeah. oh. and like blackened with veins. Yeah. And then Warnoff finds her and she's like, it's going to happen in spite of you. Yeah. And she pulls off her wig, revealing that she has these this really thinning gray mm-hmm. hair, which again, she's I think, yeah, they need this for like rejuvenation. Yeah. Uh, which was an idea that was suggested in Return of the Jedi. The Emperor uh, is evil, so he's decaying. General Pop-Tart? Is that his name? The old guy in the robe? General Pop-Tart? And he's like, I got spooky salad fingers. You know his name is Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> not General Pop-Tart. Wait, what was Yasmina talking about with the Star Trek guy? She was talking about um, <laughs> the, the, colonel the, the guy from uh, the Star Trek board game. And she, she was like, he's Chancellor of the Klingons. <laughs> and you were cackling because you are mean. You're mean to me. And yeah, to yeah. Her. General Palpatine Chancellor. I got it. I got it. What's he chancelling? Ge- you're General Pop-Tart. General Pop-Tart. Go on. Uh, he sounds like a food fighter. Do you remember the food fighters? No. They were like I've action heard of figure. the food fighters. They were action figures that were like food, but they were military guys. Are you fucking with me? No, dude. I am absolutely not. I have no idea what you're talking about. Jesse is going to shame you for this. Oh, my God. Anyway, Mary Warrenov is freaking out, and um, she's trying to talk with Satan through the window, because the eclipse is now happening, by the way. Simultaneous to these events. That's kind of, I guess, what we should tell you, is the eclipse is happening, and that's why they had to do this devil magic, and that's why they're all, like, bugging about, like, getting somebody for that night. They needed it It's all tied in, yeah. So that they can, at this point, using your inference of having probably watched a lot of these of films in this genre at this point you should realize that there's probably a satanic baby yeah. inside her right well duh duh and while mary warrenov is trying to have it, you know facetime satan through the moon she gets stabbed in the back yes right by samantha so sam is not feeling great now nope clearly some sort of satanic shit is happening yep. to her body she runs out of the house she runs into the cemetery the cemetery again where she's kind of plagued by demonic whispers, and I guess yeah. it's the dead speaking to her. Mm-hmm. And she sees spoopy visions, more spoopy visions. And spoopy visions. We get the reveal, you know, where pretty much uh, Ullman shows up. Yeah. And he's like, I, you can kill me. That's yeah. That's fine. I'm just a messenger who does his work or something yeah. like that. And we essentially get this. Uh, moment where sam realizes what's happening she's like she catches up with us fuck she's like i now have the devil in me she also got a gun by the way at this point yeah she stole the gun from victor Victor, yeah was laying there she takes the gun and initially she points the gun at at mr olman yeah yeah by all means and she realizes the only way out of this is to prevent a satanic bebe from being born alexis and so she points the gun at herself and shoots herself in the head she greta gerwig's herself which should lead us to believe in addition so we we cut to the tv yes and there is a news bulletin that says that the moon came out of eclipse 
much faster than it went into Eclipse. Yes. So the idea is that the Eclipse was correlated with her satanic impregnation. Yes. And by killing herself, she broke the ritual. Or yes. so we think. <gasps> or so we think. Because we have an ominous pan down the hospital hallway. Perfect. Pitch perfect pitch hospital perfect. Yes. set. Looks yes. very much like a hospital from the time. And into the hospital room where an orderly is, yeah, I think she gives her something in the IV. Yeah. And we find out that Sam is alive. Yes. Clearly in critical condition. She's mm-hmm. got a huge bandage around her head. Yeah. But she did not kill herself from the headshot. Which is strange. And the nurse goes, uh, you know, I, you'll be all right, both of you. And <gasps> touches her tum-tum. Dun, dun, dun. It's a baby. The Satan baby. Satan baby. baby. The Satan baby lives. Satan baby. Freeze frame on her in the hospital, and we get our credits. How many ruined Gerwig heads out of 10 do you get? Oh, it's... Oh, okay. If I have to look at this critically, I think thinking critically, thinking quickly, I think I give it nine Gerwig head explosions out of ten. There's like some stuff in the middle when she's like dancing around, and it's a little drawn out. um, But you need slow burn. But you could also say that that's true of a lot of those movies. Yeah. So I think it does that accurately. I really love it. I show this movie to a lot of people. I showed it to Carl, um, like I said, and he really liked it. But yeah, we suggest this movie to people constantly. Um, I'm a big, big proponent of it. I think this, you really kind of see what Ty West wanted to do with his career watching this movie. And then obviously, you know, he went and did uh, X and um, Pearl. And you kind of see like his style has really evolved. And I'm really happy for him. I think this is still like a great, you know, one of his first films. And I highly recommend. I think the gore is great. Yeah, there's only like three or four scenes with like intense gore um so the whole movie on its own is not that gory but it's definitely worth it just for uh, the head explosion yeah i i love this movie i give it a nine as well but also like i think casting tom noonan is so perfect because one tom noonan's great i really do like tom noonan i think he's a great actor but he is very terrifying looking mary warnov is great she was lovely in it um and then sam the girl played sam i I really wish she was in more stuff like had a bigger career i think she has she was more acknowledged i think she's a good actress yeah but um so yeah for me it is a nine I remember seeing this movie because it was getting some acclaim when it came out Mm -hmm. pretty much after Ty West released this, the horror community said like, this is a guy to watch for. Right. And I remember watching it and being kind of blown away because of the way it's shot. So very much like a movie from that period, as we talked about because of the great acting, because he does something that Rob Zombie, I think fails at, which is taking genre, genre beloved actors and putting them in and using them to good effect and that's the thing it's also very restrained in the way that those movies could be you know you did have your exploitation stuff but think of your texas chainsaw texas chainsaw is very restrained yes there's like a lot going on but you don't see a ton of gore there isn't a bunch of foul language and i think that's why robert's movies suck because he always just has to robert zombie them and you're like but this isn't accurate i know what you're trying to do and you think you're doing it but it's just like a bunch of hell belly fucks you know like I think that that is his style. Like, I think that that is what he likes to do. I hate it. I, think I that hate it. That is his trademark. And I am also not a fan of it. But this movie feels like the antithesis of that. Yes. This movie feels like a love letter to stuff like 
like Alice, Sweet Alice, mm-hmm. and stuff like Black Christmas, very Bob Clark kind of stuff, slow and dread-inducing. Yes. And I Atmospheric. think that it's, it's very deliberate in what it does, and it is a small story that accomplishes everything well. And I would say this is such a huge accomplishment, because you see multi-million dollar movies right now that are so ineptly made. Yes. And Ty West took very few resources and put them to the greatest use. Yes, so I, I, agree. I I strongly recommend this movie. I strongly recommend recommending it to other people. Yeah, definitely. I think that if you want to delve into a perfect example of what a throwback uh, genre classic would be, this this stands up there. Yeah. And again, it, I think it's really worth saying that, especially in the aftermath of Stranger Things, we've become oversaturated Ugh. with the idea of what 70s or 80s should be. And it's sort of become a farce. And Sarah and I talk all the time about how there's the 80s that you think it is, which is Galleria Mall. Yeah. And everything's neon, Rubik's Cube, Star Wars. And then there's true beige. 80s, which is beige, tan, everything. Cigarettes at a breakfast table. Every <laughs> like- Carpet looks like baby vomit of some different color. Carpeted bathrooms. Lots of brown. Lots of brown, lots of tans, lots of cigarette smoke, (laughs) and big glasses. It's not until, I think, the late 80s that you get into the real, real garish era. Yeah, but then that just leans into the 90s, and it's just like... Uh, Our next movie. Yeah, what is it? Okay. From the year 2005. Okay. Directed by Jean Collet Serrat. I don't know who that is. And starring Alicia Cuthbert, <gasps> Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> Paris Hilton, Jared Padalecki, oh my, oh, and John oh my, Abram, The House of Wax. Hell yeah! It's been a long time coming. This is my pick. We probably could have waited. This could have been my pick. Okay, but then I get a pick. Okay, cool. Never mind. Now it's your pick. No, it's your pick. <laughs> um... Man, oh my god! This I is gonna be a treat. Love this fucking movie. And oh my I god! I learned to love it because of you. Thank you. So until next time, don't blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Because of the end of civilization, the Clamp Cable Network now leaves the air. We hope you have enjoyed our programming, but more importantly, we hope you have enjoyed life. 